Hello, this is Owen speaking to you from Post. Unfortunately, due to some weirdness with Audacity that we didn't account for due to our long hiatus, we lost Ellie's audio for this episode. I'll be jumping in when needed to fill in the gaps. I apologize for the awkwardness, but hope you enjoy the show. Hello world, we're Big Gay Nerds, and we're back, and we're playing Masks A New Generation. That's right, baby. That's oh my right. god. Oh my god. I forgot to open the rule book PDF. I should do that. Uh, um. it's, it's, not a, it's not a Big Gay Nerds uh, audio recording. Uh, oh, I'm peeking a bit. Huh. Well, it's not a big gainer's audio recording unless we just uh, completely forget to uh, actually open uh, our materials in the uh, half hour that we spend uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. just talking shit about nothing before we actually start recording. Hell yeah. Um, so, yes, I am Owen. I'm your master of ceremonies, and I'm also the founder and editor of Big Gay Nerds. My pronouns are he and him. Um just to give a little context for anyone who doesn't like follow our social media or whatever, the reason that we haven't had any episodes up in like two months is because we moved. And by we, I mean me, Ellie, and Pixie. Yeah. Um, hey. you- yeah. Um, and so we are in a new place. Uh, so, And I've got a new mic, so the audio situation um, might be a little different than usual. If it is bad, I'm sorry. I'm sure I will notice that it's bad too, and I'll work out a way to fix it. Um, Joining me today, we have uh, Ellie. Ellie is a regular of the show. Her pronouns are she and they, and they play Luke Byrne, a.k.a. Photon Boy, the Innocent. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, Jonix. Hi, I'm Jonix. Pronouns they, them. Uh, and I play Pate, the mighty lass of Glad, who is uh, the playbook The Bull. We have Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah, she, her, um, and I play Juno, a.k.a. Starcross, the Nova. And Saturn. Hi, it's me, Saturn. Uh, I play Pippa, a.k.a. the Pink Panzer, who is the brain. My pronouns are they, them. And you can find me at The Future Rules on Twitter, Tumblr, and cohost.org. Okay, so, um, normally, under this sort of situation, um, I think that we would start things off by recapping what happened previously on. Um, However, uh, for this one, I've got... um, I've got a little idea. I've got got a little plan. I've got... I'm I'm getting a little fancy with this one. So, um, we're going to open this issue of uh, Big Gay Nerds Comics Presents Masks, A New Generation... Um, inside the headquarters of Aegis, Ooh. Uh, which, which is, hold on, I just realized I need to, should have the actual, what that actually stands for. Uh, agents of, of Earth's greatest uh, independent subcontractors. <laughs> <laughs> hold on one moment. Oh, yes. Um. The Advanced Expert Group for Intervention and Security. Um, 
Yeah, that's I basically what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I think there's like a single panel showing the exterior of the building, and like unlike um, the uh, Exemplars HQ, which is sort of like a big floating Art Deco tower, this is like just a very like. It's like a large but very normal looking sort of like office building, you know, um, mm-hmm. with like a with like the big old uh, just, you know, big old logo on the side. Um, it had been a minute since I saw the logo and I'm just going to show it to you guys real quick just so you can appreciate how sinister it is. Oh, great. You're telling me the superhero police of a sinister logo. It is this. Oh, Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, I don't trust that for a minute. No, at least they got a at least they got a good boy on their on their logo, <laughs> but it's a very sinister looking good boy. Yeah, that, it's that, like that's yeah. a that's a crypto fascist logo if I've mm-hmm. ever seen one. <laughs> a little bit. That's that, a, that's on a yeah. on a Ukrainian military squad that may or may not have ties <laughs> to a certain ideology. Oh god. Um, but yeah, just just for reference, it is a. Um, it's like a kite shield, and then on it there's sort of like a gray starburst, and then over that is just like a sinister, like, wolf head, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, yeah. So uh, there's just like a single establishing shot of the place. And then uh, we go inside to um, a... Like my brain just registers this as interrogation room, but it feels like it goes a little that that goes a little too hard to oh I know. There's like a little there's like a little narration box up in the corner that says like debriefing room one forty two or something like that. And um in it you've got the pretty standard setup. There is a small table and a chair on either side and a light hanging down from on top. Um, and sitting on one side of the table is Photon Boy, who is, uh, still dressed as, uh, he was when we last left him, which is, you know, in uniform, but, um, I imagine there's probably some, like, there's, there's probably some, like, cuts and dings in it just as a result of, uh, the stuff that went down previously, the, the fact that, um, he had to run past an event horizon, I think, probably <laughs> ruffled him up a little bit. Um, and sitting across from him is an Aegis agent who... Um, I'm just going to go ahead. I think that like every creative person gets to use like one of these um, in their career. Um, you, you're sitting across from maybe the most unremarkable man you've ever met. Um <laughs> He is a like you like he's vaguely noteworthy because he is in a suit and he does have like the Aegis badge, but like oh, it's a thirty-something white guy with brown hair. It's that it's, normal type gym leader from the most recent Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you if you had to describe him, um, you would like you would be in trouble. He does not have distinguishing features. Um, this man was born with IRA filing paperwork in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, 
Yes. So he is um, he's like looking down at like a literal file and um, like what it says like on the file is burn Luke alias photon boy abilities, energy projection, energy form, Luke sort of in brackets can turn self parts and light particles for superhuman speed, origin, temporal branch of Luca burn, C A S H dot not 98-067 circa 1992 and you know it cuts off from there you don't have the full thing in front of you and um he looks up at you and says okay so we're going to want your help just catching us up on the whole situation a few days ago Gorox the conqueror teleported into the middle of kingfisher stadium issued a challenge, and uh, your team responded to that challenge. Uh, run me through that. Luke explains how Gorok showed up at Kingfisher Stadium, scrapped with the team for a bit, then said they would be subjected to his hero review and vanished. The team started prepping, and Pippa made everyone new gadgets. Right, I see you're wearing that grappling hook thing right there. Is that one of those gadgets? Luke says yes. Right. And it says here that you and the Pink Panzer um, encountered a, an, indiv- an alien individual known as Deathbringer Shink. How did that confrontation go? Luke says that Shink was a very intense dinosaur lady who kept threatening to stab people. Mm-hmm. And how was she eventually defeated? And I think that at this point we cut over to um, <laughs> another room um, that is uh, that is Pippa um, sitting across from uh, a character who we have seen before, who is Agent Tan, who was uh, her handler, um, you know. During mm-hmm. the process of getting sort of reintegrated, um, she's got uh, her folder up. Um, I apologize if I like stumble over uh, pronouns at all for Pippa because I've just been reviewing older episodes. Oh, it's it's uh, completely fine. Uh, Pippa's pronouns are uh, in a constant state of flux. Yeah, but but yes, she is looking at the. Uh, Pippa's folder, which is like, like it's just like Th- Thurmond Charles, and then I think past that there's like it's like there's like in brackets parentheses like B eight or something like that. Uh huh. Um, no, it it would be like B nine. Yeah. Um, alias Pink Panzer, although these advanced intellect robotic body, um, and then you know it it sort of goes on from there. There's probably just a bit opening with like what whatever year you were like constructed in and activated like they've got a lot of information on you because i think that they were the ones who found you is the thing right i think There's probably I think they have something yeah. there that's like uh active circa like 2018 i think it would be uh is at least like when that is when pippa's pippa's memory starts i don't know if they would have specific date for like date of manufacturer but that's when he was activated Gotcha. Okay. So, um, and I think that she, and, uh, Agent Tan, I forget if I have described her before, but she's like, um, she's like a tall, muscular woman, um, 
I, it's, the thing is, in my mind, I keep going back to, um, from the recent video game Hi-Fi Rush, there's a character named Rekka. Yeah! And she, this person is not nearly as big or as overall, like, wild as that character. But, like, if you dialed it back at least 50%, that would be the sort of zone that Agent Tan is in, I guess. If, sure. if, um, you, if you, like, gave her a villain arc and then also uh, an inordinate amount of uh, neuroeffective stimulants, uh, <laughs> she could get there with some work. <laughs> Anyway, but she is um, she is looking at you. She is more familiar with you than anyone else here is with the person that they're going to be talking to. But she looks like extra um, like cautious and skeptical for one thing because um, you no longer match your profile picture in the in the oh, dossier right. she's holding. Um, that was of your old chassis, and this is your new one with the sunglasses and the sort of like the more. You, you're a little more sleek now, right? Is yeah. The overall vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Very Actually, much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, she uh, like sort of looks at you, and she says, "Up until now, you've always been a how do I put this a rather typical." Brainiac in terms of how you engage with your enemies. A lot of subterfuge, a lot of little tricks, and uh, elaborate methods of catching people in nets and all that. It seems here that you were interfacing with alien technology and attempted to execute your opponent. Well, um, firstly... Anything but typical Brainiac. Let's clear that up right away. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, I honestly uh, don't really have a great, a particularly uh, strong functioning memory of that specific uh, 15 to 90 second window of time, let's say. Uh, I hadn't originally intended to, uh, you know, do anything like that. As far as I know. Hmm. Uh, and was this... Did this brief period of time start when you were stabbed in the torso? Uh, approximately. Hmm. No, noting some... She's just, like, taking some, like, notes. I think there's, like... She's, like, jotting something down on, like, a notepad. And I think, like, we get to see it. Something along the lines of, like, emergency override? Question mark, question mark. And just so we're clear, is this something that you had ever experienced before? And she gestures vaguely at your entire body. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that I can remember. I guess I had that incident back, uh, way back with the uh, Galleria, but that's that's kind of a different. Like, there's a similar cause, I guess, there, but the effect wasn't really the same. Hmm. So, but otherwise, I don't have any record of anything like this happening before, no. I see. And just continuing to write things down. Um, and, uh... Then we get the, we get the flash of that happening in the training sequence, and it's just like, Pippa does not remember this. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's see. And then, um... 
While that was happening, do you know what was going on with your other teammates? Oh, uh, as I recall, I did, they didn't really get to tell me about it until after uh, everyone had already kind of dealt with their stuff. But I think uh, Pate and Juno were at that point fighting, I believe it was a big robot with black hole I, powers or something. I think at this point we got to cut over to... Um, let's see. We gotta save Juno for last is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, no. Um, oh, yeah. Is, um, yeah. Uh, so it is now, uh, uh, we cut over to, uh, Pate's cell. And, um, let's see. I think, um, I'll just think of things. Um, do you think that Pate has, like, a particular amount of battle damage from that whole deal? She, hmm, I think if it, if anything, it's probably on her costume because she didn't really, from what I recall, she didn't get hurt that bad, right? Um, right. In the fight, gotcha. yeah. No, I remember Maybe. like you, you, you got to you got to robot Starcross in pretty good shape, and then you just like instantly pile drived her into submission or something mm-hmm. like that of that yeah. nature. Yeah. Uh, um, if anything, like she might have some like uh, some scuffs and scratches on her knuckles. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I. Think- I- yeah. I think in, in this room, though, her shoulders are definitely, like, one of her shoulders, at least, is touching the wall. I gotcha. mean, I think it's, she's like that, you know, she's she's still paint, so she's big gotcha. in this tiny room. <laughs> um, the person sitting across from you is actually someone that we have seen before. This is, this is someone that we saw at the end of our very first block. This is Agent Cyan, um, who is... Um, a relatively uh, young person who um, I, I, I really threw together their description uh, previously, but um, they're this sort of like tall-ish, skinny white person with like, despite what you would expect for like a weird sort of para-government agent, they've got like a nose piercing and like uh, like a side cut. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Um and I think like maybe one or two just like odd rings or something like that. And um, they are actually um, like leaning forward in interest as Pate describes fighting the robot sphere. I so we were we were trying to to uh, reason with that, and we uh, it, Juno ended up uh, using her powers in an amazing way and kind of shut it down. And he kind of... Oh, God, I'm losing it. Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. it's it's so long. Oh, you're, God. you're six months out of practice. It's okay. Uh, pull up, pull up. <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> uh, plane, boss, the plane. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, uh, uh, let's see. Do you know... Because uh, if I remember correctly... We were we were talking to the robot. We were going to mm-hmm. fight it, and then it seemed maybe not the vibe. Um, right, and um, so we yeah. ended up uh, sort of like like figuring out a way to reverse its like like reverse its en- like 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 redirect its energy in some way using Juno's powers and like short it out or something. Basically, I think, like, like Juno, Pete, yeah, like, like punched Juno... a hole in it, and Juno did something cool. Yeah, what Juno did basically was use her like black hole powers to like suck the energy out of it, more or less. Yeah, yeah, that was that was neat. Yeah, because um, it yeah it was it was indestructible basically. What's the problem? <laughs> um, right. 
And it just uh, what it wanted was like a was just like a like a good like honorable fight basically. So yeah, Pete goes into detail and like really gets into the like the theatricality of it. Like like mm-hmm. like Pete's describing it like a like a play almost. Excellent. Um, um. You know, lots of like you know character talking back and forth. She does a <laughs> she does a Juno impression that is a little offensive. <laughs> I like the idea that this is happening over the process of like multiple panels, and we just see her like pant- going back and forward and pantomiming, and maybe like the the images you're describing are like sort of drawn in the background in sort of like a sketchy style or something like that. Whenever Absolutely. whenever Pate does uh, the Juno impression, she gets like big sparkly anime eyes, like Juno has. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um. Interesting. All right. So. Yes, both of so both of the alien attackers that were sent were uh, defeated, and then um, about twenty-four hours later, it says that you were uh, summoned to the rooftop and then teleported up to Gorox's command ship. I uh, I'd never been on a spaceship before, um, and it was a. Uh, Bad experience. <laughs> um, uh, he, uh, we were separated, and uh, we had to, to fight. Uh, I guess so, uh, they were sort of co- uh, equals of ours, or something like that. I, it was he, he was trying to do something poetic, and uh, <laughs> it didn't really work out. <laughs> For him, Juno kind of exploded. Okay, now we gotta cut over. Oh, no. um, it is now Juno time. So, yeah. Okay. So, so first off, um, I think this is a very important question. What is like? How's Juno look right now? We uh, tired, sleepy. <laughs> she mostly just wants to go to bed. Is like kind of halfway slunk down into uh, her her interrogation chair. Gotcha. She's um, holding a Starbucks double shot that she wishes was a frappuccino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, has her like costume been affected in any way? Um, I don't think so. I think her costume is fine. The only thing is that she's probably got like stitches on her forehead from where that one shot like grazed her oh, and right. triggered the yeah. whole incident. Oh, geez. I think maybe not stitches necessarily, but I think you've at the very least got like a butterfly band aid. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. That. Yeah. That would definitely be the case. Um, yeah, now that, now that I think about it, you've probably your co- your outfit is like it's like some Incredibles stuff that's going on with your costume. So yeah. it makes sense that it would be able to withstand like what was going on there. And um, you are seated across from. Um, let's see, how would this is another person I'm going to have to create on the fly, um, but it worked out well for those last two. So, um... They use the uh, technology they use to make the city in Bioshock Infinite float to make her outfit resilient against, <laughs> like, gravity waves and spaghettification and things yeah. of that nature. <laughs> um, so, um, I'm going to, uh, like, go back, um, just for the sake of, like, uh, continuity and say that the completely unremarkable guy, um that uh luke was talking to um the name that he would have on his badge is um 
Agent Eggshell. <laughs> um, good, good. But uh, this one is um, Agent Magenta. Mm-hmm. And um, it's sort of funny that the name does sort of like match him a little bit because, um, but not in like, not in like a cute way. Um, it's because that this is a guy who is like maybe 70 years old and he is like, he wishes he was a week out from retirement. And he also looks like his like heart is fighting for its life every single day. Um, because he's just, I'm pick, this is such a weird direction to go, but I'm like envisioning like, like the fucking Ren and Stimpy character, that one guy with like the white buzz cut and like oh. the incredibly livid face, <laughs> mm-hmm. totally. um, but like a but like a full grown man, you know, yeah, instead yeah, no, of a little cartoon he, guy. He's got uh he's got old uh, Republican face, which is to say his uh blood pressure is so high his skin has turned red. <laughs> That's correct. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he is seated across from you. Um, oh, I forgot. I I forgot to read off the personnel file for uh, Pate. The one important thing that would have been included in that bit is that under abilities it says um like advanced human combat abilities and endurance and then in parentheses flagged for review um (laughs) cool um in front of you um like what he's holding up is Pereira Juno, alias Starcross, abilities, energy and gravity projection and manipulation, teleportation, background in, and then it just like I don't the timeline is so weird that I do n- would not want to like put a date on it, but it basically says like, hey, in nineteen something something, like this thing this place this building exploded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's correct. I think um, I think Juno was, if I remember rightly, I think she was born in 2001, right? Like, she was, like, New Year's baby or something? Yeah, she's, like, 2001, uh, so it would be, like, okay. 2000 and X when the incident happened, which is very Mega Man. Okay, yeah. That sounds right. Um, oh, sorry, I just had to stop and realize, oh, yeah, we're dealing with the adults. They wouldn't have been alive in the yeah, 20th we're, we're, century. We're, correct. We're, we're dealing with, uh, like, 18 to 20-year-olds in 2020. That's correct. Yeah. When we started recording. Oh, God. When <laughs> Don't started, say it. Uh, Stop uh, it. Let's, Stop let, it. If it helps at all, I'm not doing the masks thing. I mean, I'm not doing the monster arts thing. Masks takes place in present day, like any good comic book. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. No matter how weird it makes things. It's the sliding time scale, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Batman's always 35. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, he is... Uh, he is looking down at that and then up at you and you can't tell if he's like angry at you or if that's just his default face and um he says so he looks like you were shot obviously not lethally as we can see and then you did some things why don't you explain to me how and why you did those things I would love to explain to you how and why I did those things, but sometimes those things just kind of happen. Well, not sometimes. This is a new one. This is a this is a new one. That's a uh, This has been a unique experience. Would you say that you were lucid during those few minutes? 
it felt kind of like being in a dream where you're Hmm. aware of what's going on, but also not really in control of anything happening around you. There is, in our recordings, uh, you appear to be referring to yourself as we. Would that imply multiple entities, or is this more of a royal thing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a great question. I... Hmm... (laughs) <laughs> she just kind of like stares at the wall for a few minutes and is like <laughs> that singularity I guess is uh, it's me and it's also something bigger I was something much much bigger for those few minutes and I can't quite explain it yet. All right. Well, um, I hope you understand that I don't quite understand what was happening when I was trying to kill those people. It's not normally considered a reason to just let that person go. I mean, that's fair. Um... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I uh, I don't intend to stay here tonight, so I want to go home. We'll have to see about that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, um, I think at this point, we jump uh, back to uh, Luke and Agent Eggshell, and he's sort of, like, flipping through his dossier a little bit and he says well that certainly lines up with everything that we have recorded it's not like there was very much there that we don't have evidence of that's one of the benefits of having a supervillain who likes to broadcast everything he does across the galaxy um however uh the mics uh, that in that stadium weren't exactly well it's not like you were all wearing them and we observed you conversing with your mainline self, as uh, we would say in terms of technical records, at which point you appear to combine forces, and she uh, subsequently escaped and is now at large in Halcyon City. And I would just like to know um, what, you, what sort of things you two said to each other. Luke, a little defensively, recounts how Lady Photon mostly just wanted to escape from the arena which he was on board with until it became apparent that she had no interest in saving his friends, at which point he told her off and she simply left. He adds that they weren't really able to chase her down or anything since they were in the middle of dealing with other things. Hmm. Well, that certainly all makes sense. Given the situation, I can't necessarily hold a bunch of junior heroes accountable for pursuing a dangerous individual like that. However, I'm sure that you also understand that 
given your relationship, as it were, with Lady Photon, we've got to be a little careful when it comes to, you know, your interacting with her. Um, and now that she is, as established, um, active in Halcyon City, and he probably, like, holds up... He holds up, like, the, the picture that we saw at the end of the previous episode of, like, her, like, running down the street. But also, um, but also there was a bit we did that didn't make it into the episode that I feel like does need to be preserved to some degree, which I think there is another photo that is just, like, of her, like, exiting a 7-Eleven with an Arizona iced tea. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was probably, like, the... <laughs> I think it was maybe that that wound up being like it wasn't the first ep- first picture that hit the news, but it was the first one that was actually taken. I like to think that she literally just like landed on the planet from like high orbit to, in like a Terminator crater, and then was immediately like, "I gotta fucking rehydrate." <laughs> Here's the thing: um, I love the idea of just everyone going. No, Luke, you're definitely not Lady Photon. And then there's a photo of Lady Photon walking out of a CVS with a buy one, get one Arizona green tea and a buy one, get one bag of Lifesavers gummies. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I got bad news for you, Luke. Um, so with her being loose in the city, we have uh, contacted Senator Kincaid and requested his presence while we try and resolve this issue. Oh, Luke is surprised and not very happy. Kincaid used to be Photon Man. He asks why exactly he has been called upon. As a consultant in dealing with the Lady Photon issue. Everybody's um, parents are getting involved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mr. Eggshell, um, like, sort of leans back in his chair a little bit and, like, looks at you and says, What are your... Feelings regarding your former mentor. Luke, audibly uncomfortable, noncommittally says how Kincaid adopted and mentored him, but that they have not been in close touch since he arrived in the present. Hmm. Like, he's just, like, you know, taking some, like, he's just taking some notes. Would you say that there is any resentment? Luke says no, but not convincingly. <laughs> I think Luke being I think, very convincing in this moment. I like the idea that he's holding up like your like the the dossier, and he's literally got like the list of like the list of like future self boxes that are on your character sheet as the innocent, <laughs> <laughs> just like hovering his pen over them. Um. Then, let's see, where are we going to... I guess we should, yeah, just like, um... Yeah, going to Pippa next. Um, and it's, uh... Agent Tan, and, um... She is, uh... Also holding up a picture. Um... It is, uh, not of Lishat, who, um... Well, okay, actually, she's holding up two pictures. One... One is, like, an old, like, uh, file photo they have of Lishat, who um, is, you, you know what, let's briefly go over things. People know who Lady Photon is, but uh, 
the shot was sort of like a new character. Um, he's one of the one of the Project Nine Lives robots. So yes. technically, a splinter of the same person who Pippa is a splinter of. And he is sort of, if I'm recalling correctly, he is sort of like a feline equivalent of Blade Wolf from Metal Gear Rising. Yeah, I had described him as like sort of either that or as a version of a crying wolf from MGS4. Who is decidedly larger now that I remember Yeah, she's significantly larger because, and this is a thing that I think he also does, uh, she has that thing where her suit unfolds so she can come out of it to snipe you while she's in it. Okay. I think think he has a thing like that going on that you'd see from like his little little panel cut in of his appearances in comics over the years or whatever uh, (laughs) that that aren't actual comics. But, you know, it's like, uh, I see, this this is from this other issue. Right, we gotta have kayfabe. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to be perfectly honest. If my brain kind of kept resetting to Blade Wolf size, if I was remembering how big he was, I probably would have given y'all a harder time dealing with him. Um, but um, not that I was going to like go and tell Pate that she couldn't like slam a, a crying wolf sized <laughs> dude around after the sort of other shit she did. Yeah, we've um, seen her. We've seen how she handles a bus. I think she could take crying wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so um, she's got one photo of that, and then the other one, which is not like of him, but it is of like uh, like an impact crater and claw marks matching his claws, just like somewhere in the city. Um, and she is holding it up to you and says, "Like the shot has not been in this city since." The time that he tried to kill the immortal. He's back again. I want you to tell me what he's going to do. Uh, Pippa just shrugs and just replies, how the hell should I know? (laughs) (laughs) She sort of like grits her teeth. I know there is a significant degree of divergence between you and him in terms of, well, your minds, yourselves... But not only do you share a father, as it were, but I was under the impression that you were actively looking to undermine the other Mark Nines. Oh, don't get me wrong. I am. It's just, you know, if I really knew what Mark Seven was up to at any given moment, I would have already probably made a plan for him. But Mark Seven has uh, his own way of doing things, and has not historically been very easy to follow. All right. Well, thank you for that. If anything else comes to mind, make sure to let us know. Because... Certainly will. Yes. We are not eager to let him slip through our fingers. No, it would also be very convenient for me if I could find out where he is and deal with him. But uh, uh, you'll know when I do, I suppose. Hmm. Uh, I was say, for, my, for what it's worth, I actually genuinely don't remember if Pippa knows anything about what it's uh, okay. Yeah. What what uh, Mark Seven is planning because I don't remember if they even re- had a significant chance to interact or not in right. the last um, uh, episode. The the one thing that definitely would have come up is. Um, <clears throat> Or at least, or at the very least, oh yeah, I, it was explicitly said he was there because, like, Gorox paid him to be there. Um, 
like yeah, he I effectively think, yeah. He effectively I think people would say that much. Like, I mean, I know I know that Gorox paid for him to be there, but that's about the only thing that you can really say about anywhere he shows up. Mm. So, if he doesn't have a client in the city, odds are he isn't going to stay here long. Well, I don't know that he doesn't have a, cl- a client in the city. Hmm. She, she, she looks at you. That's, that seems like a... <laughs> that seems like a thing to say. Um, um, so yeah, she raises an eyebrow at you. Um, then, let's see, yeah, we circle uh, back to Pate and Cyan, and um, they've got, like, a, like, a computer tablet uh, playing, like, footage from the stream, and it's, like, it's shortly after um, Juno, like, went, like, singularity. And so I feel like there's some, like, sort of scary distorted noises in the background and stuff. But it's showing, like, the camera view from uh, Pate and Pippa's side. And it shows, like, Pate and Pippa talking. And then uh, Pate starts running towards, like, the big, like, halo hexagon grid energy barrier that's splitting the arena in two and she charges at it connects with it and then the energy barrier like as as i said before it breaks like a glass like shards of the like of the like just the the two-dimensional like orange field of energy just like go flying as uh pate barrels through a roughly like pate-sized hole in it and uh, Agent Cyan pauses it, like, zooms in, just like, you know, but just like the the way you do with your fingers, you know, on a uh-huh. touch screen on it, like, points to you. And it's pretty high definition because it's in, from an alien streamer. Um, <laughs> and says, how did you do that? How did I do what? I, okay. I I just I ran through the thing and it it broke. Uh, but... Okay. Um, he sh- should have put a wall up. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be blunt with you. I'm not I'm not a super scientist. Um, as you might have known from the last time we spoke, my specialty is actually in um, well some other fields of paracausality. But let me just run you through the notes I've got here. So the device that Gorox had set up in the arena was created by a series of energy projectors lining the walls that would project a field of coherent, tangible energy that would effectively be a uh, impermeable two-dimensional physical force. Um, oh! Now, it's not impossible. Now, now, that doesn't mean it was completely indestructible. If enough force, as I understand it, is applied to these, the feedback can be enough to uh, short out the projectors. That's not what happened here. The if that had happened, 
if this had just been a matter of one very strong person, and I'm going to be clear from what I'm looking at here, one very strong person would not be able to do that. It would take uh, someone a little more along the lines of, say, a nebula or um, a, or a the sort of gun that a spaceship would fire at another spaceship to cause that to happen. And if that did happen, what would happen is that one or more of the generators would short out and the field itself would simply disappear because it's not actually a physical object. It's a projection that it broke. There are shards of it. Uh, Paint is is doing like the thinking emoji, <laughs> just just hand on chin, like like she's she's studying the footage. Like, well, in in the in the moment, um, I do the thing that Mida always told me to do, which is imagine your fist on the other side of whatever you're hitting, and uh, then you just kind of go through. That's uh, that's how I I learned to fight, um, so I guess I'm stronger than a force field. Uh, I would, uh, of course, chalk that up to she flexes uh, the old uh, Scottish iron, of course. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but if if what you're saying is true, then uh, then I guess perhaps I'm I've. I I I'm at uh, I'm at a loss. I, I I I'm not sure. I I feel like when Pate's doing the thinking emoji, there's like you know that that meme of like the woman like thinking and like there's like advanced algebra happening in the background. Yeah. Uh, there it's that, but it's like one is a kind of vaguely misshapen drawing of a square, and the other <laughs> is like two plus three equals four. <laughs> and like Celtic runes and, and yeah, like old oh, Celtic runes. I really like the rune. There's some like Ogham stuff going on there. Like a diagram. There's a drawing of a fairy with like big giant Popeye arm muscles. <laughs> um, should I should I be wedded? Is it terminal? <laughs> <laughs> um, like they, uh, they uh, like looked down at the thing. There was also something reported from Agent Tan that you seem to be more familiar with some of our rules and regulations here at Aegis than one would expect from someone with your limited contact with us, and to be. You know, no offense, but a limited contact with the modern world and uh, contemporary English. Yeah, I, 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 um, well, yeah, I, mm, hmm. Pain has never been caught in a lie before, because she's probably <laughs> never told a lie like this before. Um, yeah. um. uh,. I think that they, while you're like stumbling like that, um, there, um, Cyan just kind of like leans forward and says, "What are you?" I, I'm, I'm just a lass from Glad. I, I 
came through the mists and and here I am. Um, I'm just uh, trying like, to help. Just like looks you over, like jots something down, and we finally circle back to um, Juno and Agent Magenta, and he like like touches like his finger like to his ear to like indicate he's getting something from like you know his little earpiece mm-hmm. and um just says uh roger that and he looks at juno and says um unfortunately i don't think any of you are going to be leaving this building in a hurry and there's like this there's like this like noise of servos and sort of a ground grinding noise as um, one of the walls in this very small room like starts to lift up and um, actually wait no two of the walls in this very small room to start to lift up and um, it becomes apparent that um, all four of you, um, all of the rooms you are in are in fact uh, one large room that has had like a connector, like a di- big like cross-shaped connector between them. Mm, so okay. um, you are now um, like as it lifts up, you like look over and like there's the, re- the the other three of you who are now in like the same um, proportionally larger but otherwise uh, identical interrogation room that just has like. <laughs> Four tables in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hey. Oh. Falls <laughs> over because she was leaning on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I think just because she has sort of been sh- shown uh, sort of uh, leading the charge on a lot of things, I think the the four agents sort of like step together towards like the center of the room and um, Agent Tan says, So, there's one big change for your team that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. The new wave. Where's that coming from? You mean us? I mean, it just sounds cool. Hmm. Juno said it, and it stuck. <laughs> Well, it was certainly... a little last minute. <laughs> well, you certainly seem to be getting pretty far on the seat of your proverbial pants. And she just sort of like just just at you. And I I just realized I don't know how many of you are wearing pants. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's actually a really good question. <laughs> well, like, we know Juno's not. Yeah, no. Right. Pippa pretty much isn't. Pate, yeah. I think, definitionally is not. Yeah, she's in she's in uh, a kilt and shorts, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. and that's not pants. That's not pants. That's not pants. Is okay. Luke wearing pants? Ellie says yes. Okay, it's just Luke. We've got one. Okay. We've got one pair of pants between us. <laughs> I forgot whether that's or not what Luke Steele was like traveling pants, right? Stop it. <laughs> It's like I was I wasn't certain if Luke had sort of a onesie deal. Um <laughs> those are still pants. but mm, You know what? I'm not legs. certain. 
Um, but um, yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm keeping this in. Damn it. Um, yeah. Um, you've gotten pretty far, having two noted conflicts with Lady Photon. Um, uh, taking down Snapping Turtle, which I personally was witness to, and now, of course, this, uh, butting heads with a villain who has butted heads with the exemplars one-on-one before. Of course, he's not exactly what he was. After this, I think his next- no, no, I was- there's a joke that's been in my head for too long and it's trying to come out, but she wouldn't say it here. Um... (laughs) And you've gotten that far without any kind of formal association or sponsorship with anything past the Friendly Neighborhood Project. And even that, we can't really say that you actually answer to. It's not like you're employed there. And maybe there's... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's Pate and Luke just sort of like looking at each other awkwardly. Um... You don't have affiliation status with any larger teams, no local corporations, certainly not with the city itself. In other words, you are four young heroes, part of this quote-unquote new generation that I'm afraid that we have had to classify as something of a wild card thus far, and with a two of you connected with known villains and the other two of you with powers that we do not understand the upper limits of. I think... I hope that you would be able to understand why in light of this we're going to be keeping a closer eye on you from now on. Tell me something I don't know. So are we free to go? You will be soon. To be perfectly honest, with the with the villains you faced currently on the loose in the city, having you where we know you are does, in fact, make things a little bit easier to handle. Um, yes, the villains we faced, uh, the ones that you haven't seemingly done anything about lately either. Funny how that works. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I think, like, Agent Magenta, like, starts to, like, surge forward. He's got, like, <laughs> he's, he's got some things to say to, 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 to this cat robot walking around with, like, like the fancy sunglasses and pronouns. Um, <laughs> but, um... Tan of course she like, has a pink chassis and pronouns. <laughs> um, I think Tan just, like, puts out, like... And, a hand uh, to stop him and um, just sort of like like looks at him like and <laughs> you know what I think like as she's doing this um, I'm 
it, we've been we've been just very chatty all this time. But basically, the situation is thus: um, Aegis is trying to hold you. You don't know how long, um, and you might. I don't even know, like, if you like fully believe their reasoning or not. Um, and so I'm just going to ask, like, in light of this, uh, what do you all do? Uh, hmm. <laughs> I think, I think the problem is I, Pippa is not a doing, a doing things person as we've, as we've established, <laughs> but Pippa right. definitely is someone who, uh, is not, has not been presented any part of this deal that makes any degree of sense to them as to why she should be patient with it. Uh, and I think she actually, uh, seeing seeing this guy stopped, uh, she uh, continues. It's like, the way I see it, the entire time we've been doing this, and you've been grilling us, not just today, but the entire time we've been part of the Friendly Neighborhood Program, you've been grilling us and keeping us under surveillance and not giving us any support, and suddenly, after we spend God knows how long doing a bunch of your work for you, you come in and decide that actually uh, you want to keep closer tabs on us and uh, that we should be grateful that you've been patient with us so far. I don't see how that math works out. Is this a provoke? Uh, yeah, probably, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you provoke someone susceptible to your words, <laughs> say what you're trying to get them to do and roll superior. I think genuinely Pippa here is just trying them to say get them to say the quiet part out loud, whatever mm-hmm. that part is. Okay. Ooh, because Pippa like wants that. everyone to be on the same page. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. This is a superior role. Okay, yeah. Uh, Pippa's superior don't... is actually a zero, which is a, a strange development that has happened over the course of their character development. And you um, don't have any conditions that would give you a penalty? Uh, I have... Ooh, I might actually have one that gives me a penalty. Let me check. Uh, yeah, I'm taking a penalty because I'm guilty. It's my only condition right now. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me just make sure. But that's okay because failure's fun. Right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So where's our dice roll channel? I haven't used it so long. Uh, I don't do we actually not still have it. No, Game we do. It's gameplay. gameplay. Uh, roll. And it's slash roll again. Two. Yes. An eight. 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 Okay, so what are the options there? I God, if you hadn't had those two minuses, it would have it it would have been a yeah <laughs> man. Uh, so on the on the thing, uh, my options are on a seven to nine, they choose one. Uh, or let's see, on a ten plus, they rise to the bait, and do what they want. On a seven to nine, they can instead. Ch- okay, so they can either rise to the bait and do what I want, or can instead choose one. Uh, they stumble. I take plus one forward against them. They err, I gain a critical opportunity, or they overreact and I gain influence over them. Ooh. Um. So either they do what I want, or they give me part of what I want with a negative mechanical uh, effect for them. Okay. I think that they are actually, like, I'm, I'm going to choose to, like, just, you know what? You are, in fact, going to get what you want in this situation. Um, because, um because agent magenta has been like like holding it back like this entire time like even before mm-hmm. like the walls rose he has been wanting to say this shit um he is going to like um he doesn't like shove tan's hand aside or whatever but he does like point at you listen fancy feast 
If you think you're too good to play ball, you've got another thing coming. The crisis didn't change shit. We're still able to call whatever shot we want, and you need to understand that. And so he is just laying out the situation, which is like, this is in fact, like, do they have like the best reason necessarily in terms of pure logistics to hold you here? Not necessarily. What they're doing, this is a power play. Mm-hmm. This, they are oh, they yeah. are flexing on you um, because you have been acting like hot shit and um, you um, keep on like you know bumping shoulders with them and um, they're trying yeah they're basically trying to uh, they're they're trying to cow you. Um, I think at this point, paint steps in between the two of them and and flexes for real. <laughs> uh, Correct. And maybe maybe even grabs his finger. Oh. And he goes like I don't know what you just said to me, friend, but listen here. You put your, your wheel of sausage back where it belongs. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> eh? Oh fuck, okay. Um well I guess let's see. Um That could be I What's a fancy feast? <laughs> it's food. It's cat food. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> um. Let's see here. Um. Oh fuck. Um. You know what? I think this is tech. Oh. I was going to say this could technically be directly engage a threat. Oh, oh sure. These guys are. A that, threat. Seems, that seems correct. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll roll that. Let's see. Okay. My danger is plus one. Let's see. And you don't have, I think it's afraid that reduces it? No, I do not. Excellent. Luckily, I got rid of afraid. Oh, that one had been haunting me for quite a while, but my only condition right now is guilty. Oh, nice. Gotcha. Ah. <laughs> Feels appropriate. Welcome to the club. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. My God! Oh my God! Ooh. Oh, that's great! From the highest well, highs to the lowest lows. And well, what I like about that is that's a failure so bad that there is no possible way we could like uh, veer out yeah. of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if y'all have any like leftover teamwork after all the shit that happened last time. Like, well, I don't think we. Right. I don't think we've like uh, declared that we're acting as a team against this threat. That's even, true. You know. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, luckily, this was not directly engaging a foe when it comes to the, <laughs> when it comes to like a fist fight, or else you'd probably be taking a powerful blow right now. Um, uh-huh. and I do not, I'm, I'm gonna say right now, the prob, the, the thing is not like he slugs you, <laughs> though there's probably oh, that a part would be of, great though. There's probably a part, like, here's the thing. I think, like, as you look into his eyes, you can tell that there is a part of him that definitely wants to. Um, but I think he, like, he, I, he already, like, misstepped by rising to that. I think that this guy is just seasoned enough to know that you do not, like, start fit. You, you don't pull that sort of shit with capes, basically. Mm-hmm. He maybe had a, an experience before <laughs> where he learned that. Um he fought blood uh, pressure man and he was forever changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one potential away from an advancement. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh wait, I have um, a I have a banked advancement that I never picked. What? Oh shit. Oh my god. Oh, you must have gotten advancement right at the end. Yeah. Well, I'll figure that out later. I'm not gonna worry about mm-hmm. it right now. <laughs> okay. Um. I think. Um. Yeah. You know what? Um. You have just given me. <laughs> you've just given me the perfect way to close this episode. Um. Which is that. Um. Agent Tan sort of like pulls him back and you are not able to keep your grip on his finger just because you did not uh, anticipate that sort of um, activity. And um, she pushes a button just like on the tablet that she had. And um, the center of the room where everyone is um, like just descends into the floor. And then, oh, and then the and then the floor like just closes back up, and so you are now in this windowless, uh, doorless room, um, all on your lonesome. And I think that is a good cliffhanger to end this episode on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're in danger. <laughs> this is not at all how I expect. I mean, you know, I expected something like this to happen. But uh, not literally this, and I'm. But I'm glad it did. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for playing. Um, it's so good to be doing masks again. It's so good mm-hmm. to be doing anything again. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and thanks to everyone for listening and for uh, sticking around while you waited for this. Unless you're listening to this like a year later and you're just catching up on stuff, in which case um, there was a lot of extra information that didn't mean anything to you except to explain why the audio is a little different to me specifically. Um, <laughs> uh, so join us uh, to figure out how y'all are going to get out of this um <laughs> this little escape room um this government mandated escape room um and until next time stay big gay and nerdy big gay nerds is made possible by our patreon supporters we would like to give special thanks to calvin cox elliot Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Hell Bloodhands, Jack Toops, Jarnope, Joel, John the Book Hoarder, Lori Dean, Lucas Bell, MC Verdandi, Nyan Hellcat, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Ryan Asopa, Udon Bullets, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Hime. If you would like to join our ranks and gain access to special content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word on social media. We are at biggaynerdscast on Twitter and just biggaynerds on Tumblr and Facebook. And if you want to hang out, join the Big Gay Nerds fan club Discord server linked in all the aforementioned pages.